who desire your prayers. Verse number 1 says, Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land make them take a man of their coast, and set him for their watchman. If, when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman into the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel, that you speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? I am going to read in two more places, and I apologize for that. Revelation 14. Um, I don't even have that mark. I just thought of it as I was sitting there. Revelation um, 13, I'm sorry, I think. Uh, uh, 14, I was right. Revelation 14 and verse 6 says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And I, one more and I'm done. I may read more than I preach and that's alright. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 13. Just three verses. They're short. Hear and give ear. Uh, be not proud. Jeremiah thirteen fifteen. Hear ye and give ear. Be not proud for the Lord hath spoken. 
Give glory unto the Lord your God before He cause darkness and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. And while you look for the light, He turn it into the shadow of death and make it a gross darkness. But if you will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. And mine eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. I really don't have much on my heart this morning in the way of thoughts other than um, I got to thinking about a watchman. Uh, and, and I got to thinking, actually I was talking to somebody the other night, we were joking around, and, um, and I said there... Michelle's birthday tomorrow, and I'm going to get in trouble for telling you that, but I'm really going to get in trouble for this. I was joking with somebody the other day, and I told, and I said, you know how, how the, uh, the weather gives warnings that the conditions are favorable for, uh, for bad weather? And uh, I said, there are telltale signs that we have. And I said, I know the signs to look for uh, when I've upset her a little too much. And I know the signs are favorable um, for for uh, some anger and a, and a temper to come out, uh, and so um, so there are warnings that uh, that men have, and there are warnings that uh, whether it's the weather or whether it's a relationship, there are uh, there are warnings that uh, that take place, and 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 God is no different in the fact that uh, you can read from Genesis through Revelation, uh, and any time destruction was about to come. Uh, he always sent a solemn warning by the mouth of his prophets every time. Uh, and the reason for that is what Ezekiel said as God began to explain to Ezekiel, he said, I do not have pleasure in the death of the wicked. And Ezekiel began to ask them, Why? Why will you die, O house of Israel? He was begging them, Turn you and live. All the way through the book of Ezekiel, it's a uh, Ezekiel uh, lived in a time of the captivity, uh, but he he had visions, and the Lord would catch him up in the spirit. Uh, and and Ezekiel saw something that really ought to uh, it really ought to shock the church this morning. He saw the glory of the Lord lift up off of His temple that He had placed His name there, but He saw the glory leave. Uh, and so today there is danger uh, that when God's people stray too far away, He can and does remove His glory from the church. Uh, it's, a, it's a solemn warning that, uh, and He has said to Ezekiel, I'm setting you to be a watchman. In those days they had, uh, they had walls. Uh, uh, most cities or towns did. They would fortify their defense and, and they would have walls that run the length of the city and up on those walls they would have towers, guard towers uh, and they would place sentinels and soldiers up there uh, and when, uh, when they would uh, watch and see an enemy coming they had one job and one job only. Uh, they had a trumpet by them and they were to pick up the trumpet and 
and blow and made there was a certain distinct sound that they would make to let the people in the city know uh, that there is danger approaching uh, and then the Bible said that if they didn't blow the trumpet and the danger came and the sword came uh, that would have been the watchman's fault but if he did blow the trumpet and warn the people and they didn't take warning then their blood would be upon their own head uh, I argued with daddy one time years ago uh, he wouldn't get in out of the storm and, and he said if it's my time it's my time and I said but God gave you a brain uh, to get in he gave us a brain uh, he gave us a uh, a, uh, a mind today to know that uh, that there's coming a day when everybody in this church building and everybody outside this church building uh, is going to be uh, time for us to die uh, there is a warning that should be going out uh, from the midst of the church we have uh, we have seasons uh, uh, in the church uh, and we're now in a season of revivals and vacation Bible schools uh, and so it's the time there were times in those days that uh, that the kings would go forth in the battle but uh, but there were also times when uh, when the enemy got so close uh, and so present that uh, that it wasn't just uh, uh, the men's job in the towers to blow the trumpet uh, but it became incumbent upon every inhabitant of the town to warn those uh, that were out of the way to seek shelter and to take cover. Uh, I would suggest uh, uh, probably not just the men in this church but uh, probably the women in this church too. If God forbid we were ever to be invaded from a foreign nation into this land or if, or if danger was going to come to one of these children, I think we would probably take up arms and go to their defense and rightly so. That's our responsibility. But my friend, there is a danger that is all about us and we're not, we're not taking up that trumpet. The Bible says the man of God is supposed to spare not, cry aloud and spare not and blow the trumpet and show my people their transgressions. And so we need the Ezekiels. There are some uh, men of God that have been called to preach uh, and set apart for that. Uh, set apart to be a, a specific watchman over a under shepherd and, and sort of uh, sort of be a servant leader, uh, if you will. But it is incumbent upon everybody uh, that has ever been born again. Uh, you can see the danger unless you're living under a rock somewhere today. Uh, there is danger about us. Uh, and I've said this to you over and over and over but the danger is they are coming for these children that is the danger there is a danger. There is an enemy that we face. And he's fought well. He's fought so smart. He's played the long game. And, and so many of God's people have simply fallen asleep and not picked up the trumpet. I've seen the enemy coming, but I didn't think it was a danger to our children. And now the enemy is at the gate. He's at the door. And our children are in danger. I thought as we gathered together Friday night and had a picture of our children children there uh, at the pool. I thought there's a, such a great work. Uh, it is a harvest time. It is a time that uh, in revival when not just the watchman or not just the preacher, uh, but it falls incumbent upon every born again believer. Uh, you better start praying. I'm telling you uh, I get up here every Sunday and begin to try and preach to people about their souls uh, and I can gaze out uh, and I can see some 
some are standing in attention and some are soaking it in and some you can talk to and preach to and they take no thought of their own soul. I'm trying my best to warn you children that there is a danger that you die lost and without God. There is a danger that you're going to face. There is a danger when the weatherman says to get take shelter and they, they interrupt the programming on television and they interrupt it and they say we're bringing this to you because you're under a serious threat. They said if you live you know, in such and such area it's coming right for you and you better take shelter and you better take cover and you better get to your safe place. My friend, the day is coming upon this earth. The day is coming when the Bible said I'll no more just shake the earth but I'll shake the heavens with the sound of my voice. The stars that are hanging on nothing, they'll fall from their foundation and begin to fall to this earth. That day is coming. It's coming. The day of judgment is coming. And it behooves us and it behooves me to try one more time to plead with you about the condition of your soul. People say, I don't know where I stand. I want you to find out. But the thing that bothers me, you don't seem concerned about finding out. You don't seem concerned about your own soul. The day's coming when it'll be too late. The day's coming. You need to take the shelter while the danger still approaching. You see, it's the wrath, not the wrath here, but it's the wrath yet to come. That's what John the Baptist, we talked about in Sunday school, he preached that 2,000 years ago. He preached repentance. He preached repentance unto life. He preached and he told that generation, he said, who hath formed you to flee from the wrath that is to come? There is a wrath that will come. I read that to you in Revelation that there's coming a time and it says one more. That is probably the last warning in the Word of God. That it said an angel with the everlasting gospel preached one more time to those that were on the face of this earth trying to prepare them for the time when time shall be no more. Trying to prepare them for a time when they'll stand before their God. I preached in a revival the other night and I was preaching about the scales of judgment. And my friend, whether you want to or not, you're going to be set on a scale one day. You're going to be weighed. You're going to be there. You're going to find your life in the balances. And God's going to weigh you. And in our court in America, you can call for character witnesses to come and stand and give a defense of your character. I want you to know in that day, you can call your preacher. You can call your deacons and you can call your family and they will not be able to stand and give a defense for you but you're going to be in that scale of judgment you're going to be there with God himself you're going to be there and you will be judged of the times that you had an opportunity and you spurned it I want you to understand this morning if you go there if you die lost if you end up in hell fire if you end up 
up in the place that Revelation I just read. Uh, there's coming a day. It said Babylon is going to fall. Uh, that is the world system. It's the whole economy. It's going to fall. It's the world powers. Uh, it's going to fall. Uh, the whole thing uh, is built upon a house of cards. Uh, it's going to fall. Uh, and Babylon is going to fall. Uh, that great city that made many rich uh, and made many nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Uh, the Bible says in the day that Babylon falls, the wrath of God will strike on this planet earth and the wrath of God will fall and those that have taken the mark of the beast preacher I won't do that are you really sure about that because if you've never been saved by God's grace I promise you you've taken the heartbeat because the way it's going to be pictured and framed but you see the wrath of God will come and the powers of heaven shall be shaken and the Bible said that he said I'll see afar off and he said they'll be in the presence of the holy angels but they'll be tormented forever. It says day and night and night and day. They that worship the beast and receive that mark. It said the smoke of their torment will ascend up forever and ever. I thought about Abraham. And I was thinking about that while I go to thinking about Abraham uh, praying for Lot. Uh, Lot was a just man, uh, but Lot didn't live a good, clean Christian life. He feared God. But he lived in Sodom and Gomorrah even after he was taken. Even after God warned him and he was taken captive, he should have got out. He should have went back to Abraham. Should have went back to where he knew that God was at. But he went back into the city. And God said, I'm going to destroy this place. And God told Abraham, I'm going to destroy it. And Lot's there. And Abraham knew his nephew was there. And Abraham began to pray. And he began to ask God to spare that city. And he said, surely if there be ten people that's righteous, surely you won't destroy that city. And God said, if I find ten, then I won't destroy it. But when Abraham got up the next day, you know what the Scripture says? He went to the place that God had told him this, and he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, I saw the smoke of that city come up. I'm telling you, the Bible specifically says, remember Lot's wife, for as they escaped, as she turned around to look at that city one more time. And when she did, the Scripture says she was turned into a pillar of salt. There is coming a day upon this earth that people are not ready for. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. There's coming a day of the great wrath of God Almighty. And in that day, there's coming a day. And that might be a long way off, you say, preacher, and it very well may be. But I'll be sure to tell you this. There's coming a day when you will draw your last breath. There's coming a day, as the Scripture says, and it Every man, woman, and child of faith. And there is no discharge in that war. And it says you have no power over your spirit to retain the spirit in that day. Now that is the day of death. Now that's the day when God has determined the bound of your habitation. And when you stretch your foot and reach that bound, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, if you've been sick with cancer, if you've never been sick a day in your life, there's coming a day when you reach that bound of habitation, you will die. You will die. 
and you have no power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit in that day. You're going to die. But you know what? Now, there was a time that death struck fear into everybody on the face of this earth. There was a time when death, uh, death was the master when death, the Scripture says death is an enemy. Uh, but I want you to know today uh, there is still hope uh, because there is one that 2,000 years ago He showed Himself greater than death. Death had been undefeated. Uh, billions of people had lived uh, and billions of people had died and nobody had ever escaped death. Uh, once death had you in its clutches, uh, He was undefeated. He had power over hell and the grave uh, and nobody could tell death until 2,000 years ago uh, just outside of the city in a little garden tomb uh, laid Jesus of Nazareth who had been crucified and went into the clutches and the very depths went down into the walls and dungeons of death itself uh, but after three days uh, uh, death looked around uh, uh, death began to scratch his head and uh, death began to look uh, as that son of man and son of God uh, opened up his eyes and walked out of that tomb and death was there thinking to himself what is happening here nobody's ever got out of my clutches and nobody's ever defeated me but my friend our Lord he defeated death he defeated him soundly he's got the keys now of death hell and the grave my friend there is hope today you don't have to go to hell you don't have to burn forever if you do it won't be because this man of God didn't sound the trumpet and blow with all my might and all my power you know what Jeremiah said and that I read to you it said because you will not hear he said I will go into a secret place and weep for your pride. You have no idea how many tears this preacher has cried for you. In a secret place uh, where nobody knows. And I'm not saying that to boast and brag of myself. I'm sure there are many here in this place that's done the same thing. We weep for you. We cry for you. We mourn for you. Because it's your pride. It's your preacher. I ain't got pride you do. You have pride. If you had no pride, you would have fallen in repentance long ago. But you have too much pride. Wouldn't it be awful? To end up, uh, uh, close your eyes in death. Uh, wouldn't it be awful as we talk in Sunday school about a threshing floor? Uh, John the Baptist warned them. Uh, you know what a threshing floor is? Uh, it shows up in the Old Testament. Uh, it shows up. Uh, a famous place uh, was a threshing floor. It was the same place that, that Abraham had offered Isaac up as a burnt offering. It was on Mount Moriah at that same place uh, about seven or eight hundred years later I guess I don't know about the timeline but it was a lot of years later and David bought and built a, a threshing floor he bought the threshing floor and he built an altar now what is that significance of a threshing floor is a time of division it's a time when the wheat and the chaff are separated it's a time when the John the Baptist preached and he said he'll come uh, speaking of the Lord uh, with his hand in his hand uh, and he will thoroughly pray 
words to this threshing floor. And so it was a time of threshing. And the wind and that sand, it would blow away the chaff. It would separate the husk. It would separate the grain. It was a place where separation takes place. So why is that threshing floor so important? Uh, because it was the place where, uh, where, uh, where, uh, where Abraham offered up Isaac uh, several hundred years later. Uh, David bought that. And a little bit after David bought that, uh, Solomon built the house of God on top of that threshing floor. Now what does that have to do with us today? You realize that that same place, uh, it was just a, a stone's cast. It was the same range of hills that you probably know by a different name. You've heard it as Golgotha and Calvary. Uh, but that now today, uh, the cross at Calvary is the place of separation. A great separation takes place right there. And so we know that because we've been saved. My friend, I can see the danger. I can see what our economy is built on. It's not going to last. It's not. It's built upon... It don't have a solid foundation under it. I can see that collapsing. I can see our whole nation. My friend, you might say it can't happen. When you get to teaching our children about drag queens, you might say, preacher, you say that too often. I'm telling you, it ought to raise a flag. We ought to scream, danger, danger. There's coming a day when God's mercy will reach the peak. There's coming a day when the mercy of God will be full and you are heaping up to yourself wrath against the day of wrath in that day. Except you repent. Repent. Repent or perish. That was the message that Jesus preached. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That was the message that John required when he baptized them. I want you to understand how we as Baptists 2,000 years later, how we're not doing anything new or different. How we require, how the Bible says, that with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. And that's what we require. And so there is a danger that is coming. And you can't see it. You can't see it. A lost person, you can't see it. And men of God have tried to warn you. And you just simply don't listen. You simply... And so Jeremiah said, because you do not hear, he said, I go into my secret place and mine eye becomes a fountain of water and I cry for you. But you will not cry for yourself because you have been blinded by the God of this world. He's a liar. He'll tell you you can't be saved. He'll tell you you've tried to be saved. And you've went to the altar and you've prayed and you've wept and you've cried and there's no use. He'll tell you anything to keep you off of your knees. He'll tell you anything. But He's a liar. He's a liar. You know what? He's going to end up the same place. He's not going to rule over hellfire. The Scripture says that same liar, that false prophet, uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that is the dragon, Satan shall be bound, uh, cast into a pit that has no bottom, uh, then cast into a lake of fire and brimstone, and his torment will ascend up forever too. He's a liar. But he's effective at it. Meanwhile, men of God have preached to you from the time you were born. 
You realize the advantage you have being carried to a place where the gospel has been preached? You have such an advantage over those uh, that have never heard, that have never seen, that have never seen people get saved. That You've seen that here. You've witnessed it. And you realize what an advantage you have because you know about a Savior. You know about this man named Jesus. You know that He has power over death, hell, and the grave. It'll be doubly bad for you to know the plan and reject it. The Bible said there is a greater sin. That is a greater sin to know it and to reject it. There's going to come a day. It's as if, it's as if you've, uh, many have looked into the eternity. Uh, many have looked into the glory curtain. Uh, many have looked into the blood-bought way. Uh, many have looked at the cross and the man on the cross. Uh, many have looked and know uh, that we are not lying. We have eternal life. That we shall never die. That we're going to a place of perfect peace. And you look at that and you seem to say to yourself, I want nothing to do with that. That place is not for me. And you reject it. There's a warning there. There's a danger there. There's going to come a day you stand on the scale of judgment. There's going to come a day that you have no power over yourself, but somebody bigger than you, uh, you can cry and stomp your feet. Uh, you can try to reach and clutch and grab hold of something, but I'm telling you, a mighty hand will pull you onto that scale and you shall be judged. Everyone else. Nobody's escaping that. Not the man of God. But here's the thing. In our judgment, the Bible specifically said, if we see that warning, this is for the church now, the saved, the redeemed, we have a responsibility to warn the wicked from their ways. And if we don't do that, they will die in their sins, but their blood is in our skirts. Their soul blood is on us. You understand that? You understand how when we gather together, it's a great thing. It's an important thing. I don't come here to entertain you. I don't come here, and you don't come here to be entertained. You come in. And what did it say? The Scripture said, Ezekiel, God was speaking, but He said, you give them warning from Me. From me, thus saith the Lord. That's what Jeremiah said. Thus saith Jehovah. It's not this preacher's words. It's His Word. It's the Word of God. And so you come here to hear what thus saith the Word of God. I hope that's why you come. We need to get concerned. There was a time, and I might have said this last week, there was a time during the course of revivals when the church would be so burdened so burdened, so burdened over a lost sinner uh, that they would drive to that man's house, uh, uh, get him out of the field, uh, uh, begin to bow down. In other words, they'd say to that man, uh, you can't hide, uh, you might not come to church, uh, but we love you so much, uh, and we're concerned about you so much, uh, we're going to come to where you are and tell you to your face uh, you need to be saved, and we're praying for you. Uh, there was a time in our past uh, that wasn't that far back. Uh, we were concerned enough to go to a lost sinner and say, why don't you come? Uh, there was a time we were concerned and we've lost it. We've lost that cry. We've lost it. And we've lost, we've lost it 
when we used to warn men of the danger. When I was growing up, mom and dad would give me warnings that some I'd listen to and some I wouldn't. I can tell you, they were right. They were right. They warned me because they loved me. God warned you because He loves you. And He said it in Ezekiel's writing. I read it to you. And why will you die? He said, I have no desire. I do not delight in the death of the wicked. You understand that there's coming a day every last one of us is going to be laid in a funeral home or right here in a coffin. Uh, there's going to be people coming by. And there's going to be people coming by and praying for the family. But everyone, but you know what? It's too late, man. That's just their body. I'm talking about your soul. The minute you close your eyes in death, your soul is not annihilated. It will live home uh, either in eternal life or eternal destruction that ascendeth up before the throne day and night, day after day and night after night, tormented. There's a danger that some of you are falling into. There's a, see, the longer you put it off, the harder it's going to be probably. There's a danger. Are you not concerned about your soul? Are you not concerned about standing before God? Are you not the least bit concerned about your eternity? Are you not the least bit concerned about a judgment? God doesn't judge like man judges. You can give excuses to man. There will be no excuse in that day. The record is clear. It will be revealed you heard the warning and you refused it. And your blood is now upon your head. And I'm clear of that. But I'll go to my secret place. Over the course of the next few weeks. Bible school and revival. I'll go to my secret place. And one more time I'll plead with God. To extend His mercy to our children. One more time I'll plead with Him. To give you another opportunity. Because of your pride. What a silly thing it'd be to die lost because of pride. What good is that pride going to do you when you burn forever? Warn them, God said. Warn them, warn them, warn them. This church ought to be a siren. It ought to be a beacon. It ought to be, we ought to be out there waving our banners saying, danger, danger, danger. We're headed on a path that leads to destruction, both as a nation and as a people. I'm talking to you as individuals today. If I could go to you one by one, time wouldn't allow me that. But if I could go to you one by one, I would warn you personally, each and every one, to warn you about the danger of not seeking God, of not repenting the danger in that. The time will fail that, so I'm speaking to a mass of you at one time. The wrath of God is going to fall at some point. It has to. It has to because He's holy. And a holy God has to punish sin. And whether He be punished in you or in the person of His Son, those of us who have been saved, His Son is a propitiation for our sins. 
He that believeth in Me shall never die. And so we can plead the blood in that day. Your day of mercy is running out. And the day of wrath will fall at some point. You've heard one more warning this morning. Please, please do something when God knocks at your heart. Please seek Him while He may be found. Please remember us as we go through Bible school and revivals this month. We've got a great work before us here, LaFayette. We need the power of the Lord.